You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn on there. another episode of the fantasy football roundtable podcast it is me your host matt bruning back in the chair again for another great episode with dennis here he'll be joining us in just a minute as he is again as we've talked about for multiple episodes now we've been hyped super excited for this episode we have a great guest joining us today i cannot wait to sit down and talk with him. He's bringing some awesome content. Got a great guide coming up that's going to help you with your dynasty and redraft leagues this year. Uh, it, it's amazing. I, I've been able to look at it, and I'm just blown away by all the great content in there. Everything in this guide, it is going to be awesome. I cannot wait. So there's really not much to get into with the news or anything today. We'll just jump straight into that. With, uh, with Dennis and our special guest here in just a minute, I did want to say that uh, we have been obviously talking a lot here lately on Twitter and in the past episode about the Listener League. Uh, we've gotten a lot of interest in that, which we really do appreciate it. You know, it means the world to me, and I know it means the world to Dennis as well, having uh, you guys reach out to us and wanting to get into this league. Um, unfortunately, you know, we can't accommodate everybody, but we will, at least this year, uh, as we talked about, going to have it be a 12-team league, so we'll get 10 of our listeners, and we might expand it in the years to come, uh, but we just kind of want to give it a trial run this year and see how it goes. So, we're going to kick that off with today's episode. We did talk about uh, in the last episode that we were going to wait until next week, but after this, I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you guys, I'm, I'm recording this intro here uh, for the most part, this part, after the podcast that we've done with our special guest. We're going to kick it off with you guys purchasing his guide. Anybody who purchases his guide and sends us a DM will get picked at random for to be entered in the league. Again, you guys will win a free NFL jersey for the winner of this league. Uh, this guide is going to help you guys in all of your leagues, trust me. And as you guys are about to get a lot of great knowledge dropped on you here in just a minute, we will you know, go over a lot of things in the guide. I'm telling you, it is well worth the money. I, I can't believe he's only charging the amount that he is because if you just look at this guide, you'd be like, man, I can't believe the steal I'm getting on this. So if you win, not even if, when you guys purchase his guide, send Dennis or myself a receipt on Twitter. Uh, you can DM us. Obviously, we don't want you throwing any kind of personal information out on Twitter. Don't send it to us either. Obviously, we don't we don't want to you know, cause any issues there, but just send us a receipt of you purchasing the guide and we will get you guys entered into the league. We will select someone at random uh, debating obviously on the amount of entries we get we might we might increase it do a couple entries where we're still trying to decide that part of it but for sure someone will be selected at random if they purchase this guy that we're about to talk about and again that's just a, us trying to show a little bit of love to this special guest for coming on here and sharing his guide and his knowledge with us so that's it guys that this is going to be your first shot of getting into the fantasy football roundtable list roundtable listener league this is it right here. Let's go. Everybody, I know all you guys are reaching out to Dennis. I had a bunch of people reaching out to me the other day. This is your chance. 
first shot at getting in, you want to be one of these first people, as I'm telling you, it's going to be a wild ride. Something I haven't mentioned before, I'm going to go ahead and talk about right here real quick, and we will talk about it again. Uh, me and Dennis will be doing, obviously, a couple episodes next week like we have been throughout the entire offseason. We're really going to dive heavy into the Listener League stuff next week, uh, but the we, we have discussed the winner of the league will if it's not me or Dennis will be brought back every year that they win it so if you're a listener and you end up beating uh, everybody out next year you'll be brought back automatically the next year you won't have to re-enter so if, if you really feel like you can take me and me and Dennis down and all the other listeners that we'll be bringing in then now's your first shot in getting this guide helping yourself out in your dynasty redraft leagues and obviously getting the shot to get in here so we appreciate it uh, you showing him some love from us the fantasy football roundtable uh, listening audience and uh, I actually have another special surprise not exactly ready to announce yet but you will be getting something free from me as well um, every single one of the listeners in the league I'm just going to go ahead and say it I haven't been able to get the shirts done yet but uh I know it's going to sound a little corny, but me and Dennis have been talking about it for a while, and uh, we're going to start calling our followers the Knights of the Round Table. I know, I know, I know. Like I said, corny, but uh, I think we, we've got a couple really cool shirt ideas coming with it. Um, so everybody who gets in the league this year, more than likely going forward, but at least this year for sure, we'll get a free Knights of the Round Table, Knights of the Fantasy Football Round Table. Um, you know, like I said, we've got some pretty cool uh, little designs coming forward. I'm looking forward to starting to get them out there, and we will have those probably voted on by the fans to decide which one you guys like the most. You guys will get those free as well. So without further ado, let's get Dennis and our special guest on here to talk a little fantasy football. And as always, we have Mr. Dennis Bennett here joining us today. Dennis, how we doing? Oh, right on, right on. I'm doing fantastic. It's been busy as heck at work, as I keep complaining about every time we record the show. <laughs> I've been late April and May. I've just been all whiny about work. I suppose there's a lot of uh, other things that could be be worse, but... Uh, just had my uh, third pick in a 32-team uh, rookie draft for a dynasty league. I took, uh, oh, who the hell did I take? Gary Jennings uh, fortuitously got to pick after Doug Baldwin was released. So There you go. Hopefully, that, uh, that was nice. we were talking off air about hopefully you'll be, well, I don't know if anybody's listening in your league, that hopefully some, a certain player, we won't say the name then, will be able to follow you to your next pick because I know both of us like him. Yeah, I, we can say it. I, I've resigned myself to the fact that if I'm going to be putting out articles talking about things I like and going on podcasts talking about things I like, then people are going to have to they're going to have to reach past where I would like to take people. Uh-huh. And if they if they're taking guys earlier because they want to get them in front of me, that means other good guys are going to fall to me. And so I I don't have I, I don't usually have just one guy I want. I may have a target. But I have plan A, plan B, plan C. Um, so the guy, you know, so I'm, you know, I'm a big Preston Williams fan. So that's yeah. the guy I'm hoping to get at 308. Yeah, see, I don't like doing that. I'm, I'm very much uh, like the nuclear codes. I want them chained to my wrist and, and kept very closely because I, I hate giving out. I mean, I don't know. Like I said, we've talked many times. We won't, he who shall not be named. I mean, you know, it's good that a lot of people took him last year and let other players fall to me. But you know that I, I like my players. You know, my my love for Hakeem Butler and Miles Sanders this year has led me to get absolutely zero shares of them in most of the leagues that I'm in. Unfortunately, uh, as we have talked about here, I think for the past two episodes, uh, Dennis hooked us up with a awesome guest. I cannot wait to sit down and talk to him. We are going to be joined by Mr. Bob Lung himself from the Big Guy Fantasy Sports. He's the author of the Consistency Guide. That's right! We can't have anyone freak out out there, okay? We've got to keep our composure! We've come too far! There's too much to lose! We've got to keep our composure! Winner of the 2018 Fantasy Sports Writers Association Best Publication Award. Yeah, I was was a little worried I was going to mess that up, so I'm glad I got all that out. He uh, is also the host of the Fantasy Football Consistency Show, Bob, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's an honor just to be a part of the show. And uh, just can't wait to talk about fantasy football consistency. The guide is out. I, I actually got it out a month earlier than last year. 
And uh, I just felt like it's something that I didn't have to wait too long after the draft because we don't talk about rookies too much in my book because they haven't proven any consistency in the NFL. But love talking about it and I'm uh, just happy to be here. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, it's an honor now. Wait till we get to the end of the show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, that's <laughs> it'll be like, hey, remember at the beginning when I said or when we were talking off air that I'd love to come back on again? Now, nah, don't worry about it, guys. I'm going to be busy. I'm going to be busy. <laughs> I'm sure I will. I'm sure I will. Uh, so every time we bring a new guest on here, we like to just kind of get your background and everything into the fantasy industry. So how did you get started sure. into the industry um, just doing everything that you do with the guide? So basically I started playing playing fantasy football in 1985. Uh, for those kids uh, keeping track at home, yes, that is before the Internet. Uh, I did actually, um, you know, mail out the uh, – the lineups, or not the lineups, but the uh, results every week. Took all the lineups by phone, uh, answering machine on Sunday mornings. Uh, you know, took all the stats out of the USA Today paper every Monday and Tuesday. So, you know, it was uh, it was an interesting time, but it was a lot of fun. And uh, I never thought it would get to this point uh, in a million years. I mean, when we played it, I just said, this is a really cool thing. It's really fun. And then the Internet came into play, and it caught on. And now 60 million people later... Uh, it's a big deal. So that's how I started getting into fantasy football. Uh, the consistency stuff came from that same league. Uh, and we still have that league, uh, you know, 30, what is it, 34 years later. And uh, eight of the 12 guys are still in the league. It is still touchdown only. So our wow. games each week are like 24 to 17 or 24 to 21. Every once in a while, maybe it gets some big points, but not too often. And, uh, so, 2002, uh, in that league, I, uh, it's very touchdown heavy. So, six points for rushing touchdown, three points for passing and receiving. So, t- quarterback only gets three, receiver gets three. So, running backs, especially rushing touchdowns, are huge. That year, I had uh, the league MVP, Sean Alexander, who rushed for 15 touchdowns. My team was the second highest scoring team in the league, but... They did not make the playoffs. They were seven and seven. Wow. And really, it really upset me because I was like, what in the hell went wrong? How in the world could I have this kind of thing? So my day job is I'm a CPA. I'm, I'm an accountant. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I, that, that means I'm getting into the numbers. So I looked and I'm like, man, here's what the problem was. Sean Alexander scored five touchdowns in one game on a Monday night. Scored three in one other game and two in another game. So in three of the basic 14 games of the regular season, he scored two-thirds of the touchdowns. And the rest of the year, didn't you know, he only scored one every couple weeks. So I was like, damn, if he would have just scored one touchdown every week instead of that 15, you know, in, in, a different, in a different way, I would have won two more games. I would have made the playoffs. would have won the league. And that's where the consistency concept came from. And I started looking at that. I'm like, well, that applies to that. I guess it could apply to other scenarios. And then just started doing Excel and Visual Basic and then got, you know, basically, long story short, lots of technology involved. Now I have a consistency report that's on the Big Guy Fantasy Sports website. You can put in your own scoring method and it tells you who the most consistent players were under your league scenario. And that's what I created. The, the guide came about just wanting to have a fantasy football magazine that had the consistency information in it. And with the, uh, you know, nice, cool thing that Amazon allows you to self-publish. I self-published, and and three years later, um, I've got the uh, award-winning guide. So really proud of that and just excited to put it out and couldn't wait to get 2019s out because of that. Yeah, I mean... That's pretty awesome. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I've, I'm still, I'm not going to lie, I'm still a little blown away that you uh, are still playing in a touchdown-only league. That is fascinating <laughs> to me. Um, yeah. How... With the way that NFL is going now, where it seems like they're going more toward the passing game, does that make it harder now compared to what it was in the past, where it seemed like uh, you know running backs were the stable of of fantasy? Absolutely, in our league, it's very difficult, and you know each so it's a keeper league, it's an auction keeper league, and then you give a you have to give a fifty percent raise to anybody you keep. So. You know, this is the system we created years ago. We've been doing auction drafts since probably 1990. And, uh, you know, but we have a keeper, so you can keep them under the certain cap. And so basically like a rookie court running back, like a Zeke Elliott comes out and he gets, he goes for almost the same price as a starting running back like a Le'Veon Bell would go for because we know if they're going to score a lot of touchdowns, 
they're worth a lot of money in our league. So usually you don't keep them every year. You kind of turn them over, but um, you know, you hope you can catch lightning with some guy that uh, you know, maybe uh, like I drafted Darius Geis last year, even though I knew he was hurt because I only got to, only had to pay like you know ten bucks for him or something in our league. It's like a two twenty cap, and uh, I'm like, I'll keep this guy for a couple of years because he might turn into something. Uh, but you know, it's just it, it is much more difficult, and especially since there's such low scoring for the quarterbacks and the wide receivers. You know, a top guy like uh, Julio Jones or uh, you know, or Michael Thomas or somebody scores ten touchdowns. That's only thirty total points for the year. If a guy rushes for five rushing touchdowns, it's the same point. So big difference. So you know, but and you'll still see people that'll drop way too much money on the top wide receivers when I'm like, I can draft Mike Davis and get five touchdowns, you know. Right. Yeah, that is awesome. That's uh, I've never played in a league like that, so hearing about different leagues is, is fascinating to me because I, I, I don't even know how I would plan on attacking a league like that if I were Yeah, it's, it's interesting. So how do you figure, you know, wh- what made you go three points for a passing, for a receiving touchdown? Because it, it doesn't seem like there's that big a discrepancy between the top scoring touchdown scoring receivers and the top score scoring touchdown scoring running backs. Well, basically, it comes down to this. In 1985, we had no idea what was right or wrong. <laughs> All we had was this little book that was called Playing Fantasy Football by a guy named Chris Charpentier. It said, you know, um, you know, here's how you can do. Here's some examples for how to do the scoring. Um, we said, well, if a running back gets a rushing touchdown, we can't give a quarterback six for throwing and a wide receiver six for, so we just split it in half and thought that made a lot of sense in 1985. Ever since then, I've tried to change the scoring method. I've tried to make it into a total point, you know, like a regular PPR league and it gets voted down. Everybody wants to keep this original and they want to keep it the same. So fine. So we've kept it the same for 34, 35 years, and that's just the way it goes. Yeah, changing rules can be quite a uh, uh, undertaking. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Especially in a long-time league. Right. All right, so Bob, I know that we both know who your, uh, your favorite uh, NFL team is, but what is your favorite team, and do you have a favorite <laughs> NFL player? Uh, the favorite team has to be the Cleveland Browns. It's the Cleveland Browns, baddest team in the league. I've been a suffering member of the society since, uh, you know, 1963 when I was born. Uh, didn't realize who Jim Brown was when I was four. Uh, so that that hurt, you know. So uh, I kind of, you know, grew up. I did have the Browns in the 80s, but we all know how heartbreaking that was with yeah. the fumble and the drive. And, you know, so uh, needless to say, I'm now back to being excited again about the, the team and, um, I, you know, if I guess if I have a favorite player right now, I probably have to pick Mayfield. Just I love his enthusiasm. I love the warmups, not really. But when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. You know, his intensity. Uh, it was funny when he got drafted. I was all in for this kid to get drafted by us. I was so excited. And the funny thing is, all my friends, of course, are Ohio State Buckeye fans. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they hated him. Yeah. When we all know why we they hated him. And I said, well, you know why you hate him is because he kicked your ass. Yeah. And that's why you hate him. And then stuck a flag in the middle of the field. Good for him. I like the intensity. I'll take him any day of the week. And now all of those guys are all like into being Mayfield fans because they're like, yeah, you're right. He does win. I like the intensity. I go, exactly. That's what we're here about. We don't care about whether it, it broke your little heart to stick a flag in the middle of yours of your 50 yard line. So, but yeah, uh, yeah. So that's, that's my team. That's my player right now. I'm really excited about the Browns this year. Yeah. I'm right there with you. Um, who is your, do you have a favorite college team? Um, you know, I root for Ohio state, but I, I'm not like addicted to it. Like my best friend, um, uh, graduated from Ohio State. His wife graduated from Ohio State. I swear, if he would cut himself, it would it would bleed scarlet and gray. Um, so you know, his life revolves around them their games. Um, I'm not that way. Uh, I root. I hope Ohio State wins. I root for them. I've gone to games, but I don't you know stop my Saturday at three o'clock in the afternoon to watch Ohio State play. Um, you know, most of the time I'm more worried about fantasy football and NFL football. So. Um, and I don't watch a lot of college because I don't want to get roped into how great they are in college because it never seems to translate well into the NFL, especially fantasy wise. And there's an actual whole article 
in the guide for about that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that later. Well, hi, Bob. My name is Matt Bruning, and I am the same way. I love Ohio State with a, with a passion. Dennis knows we actually, I think, we probably know because we're in a bunch of leagues together. We, we obviously do the podcast together. We talk all the time. I would think Dennis would probably back me up on this. We probably talk more on Saturdays during Ohio State games than we do throughout the entire rest of the year. Like it's wow. I'm I'm very it's I'm the same way, man. It's appointment viewing for him and it's funny that you bring that right. up about Baker Mayfield cuz I was actually doing the podcast last year when um all this stuff started going on and I hadn't start we hadn't started doing it but during the season Ohio State uh who did they play? The TCU game um, I, was, I just brought yeah, that's up different... who they played down in Texas, yeah, like yeah. week three. Yeah, and... yeah. I was I, I was at the game. I was at, actually at the national championship nice. game back in 2016. Cool. I took my my dad and my brother. But uh, uh, when the when the whole podcast started up, I talked about the whole Baker Mayfield thing. I brought that up. That and again, Dennis knows because we've been in the league together for a while now. Like I hated Baker Mayfield. <laughs> After that happened, and I mean, I hated him. I didn't. I'm not that guy who's going to get on Twitter and trash anybody, but I'm sure I was saying a whole lot of bad stuff in our group chat. Like I was like this little (laughs) punk piece of shit. Like it was bad. And then as the season goes on, because I I love college football, I watch it. uh, You know, I love to to look at this stuff and a dream of what I think they could do in the NFL. And the the further into the season we got, and the closer we got to the NFL draft, I was right there with you. I was like, God, you know what? I don't even care about that flag anymore. I hope the Browns take him and not Josh Rosen. Cause it was, you know, I think right. really the first part of the process, it was all talking about Josh Rosen. And then it turned into possibly Sam Darnold. And so when I right. found out, I think it was like the day of the draft, all the reports started coming out that it was going to be Baker. I was, I was thrilled and I could not be happier, man. It, it's, it's an exciting yeah, time definitely. to be a Cleveland Browns fan. Yep, for once. <laughs> yeah, I know, exactly. All right, so let's get into your consistency guide here. That's what we brought you on here for. That is what uh, we want to get our audience to, to start looking into and, and help them win their dynasty. And I said, I, I really think just by looking at it already, I think you could really help them with their redraft leagues as well with the, some of the rankings you've put in there. If, if they go by that, I like the way that your rankings are tiered out. I think if they follow that, they could do really good in their redraft leagues as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just off the top, one of the things that I found really interesting was the clutch rating. I just kind of want to get an idea of how you how you decided that fact how you decide that factor into your rankings. So it's a calculation, and what it does is it takes the number of teams in the league, um, and then uh, basically adds up the fantasy points of the top uh, so many quarterbacks, running backs, uh, wide receivers, and tight ends based on the number of teams in the league. So there is a calculation. And then what it does is it takes those total fantasy points, total games played, and says here's the fantasy points per game for uh, that that position that you need to exceed on a weekly basis to be a top 12 quarterback, to be a top 24 running back, 36 receiver, and 12 tight end. So, for example, a, a quarterback last year was you know just a little over 20 points, 20.22 so every time a quarterback earned over 20.22 fantasy points in a week, he earned a clutch game. Every clutch game, uh, the more clutch games you earn, the more consistent you are, the more consistent you are, the more valuable are you are to your fantasy team. You know, if you're a top 10 scorer, but your consistency is 50% or under, you're not helping your team basically only half the time. And that's not what you want out of your players. And, and so when people get to the end of the year and they don't make the playoffs – and they're t- and they're still one of the higher scoring teams. I can pretty much guarantee the problem was you had inconsistent players on your team. Gotcha. All right. Um, so I had it's this, like Team uh, Deshaun Jackson there. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's been one of that's been one of my poster children. Uh, I had a little thing on there about the rookies. Um, so I know you kind of touched on earlier. You don't put them in your consistency guide. Can you just kind of give us? And I, I, I would imagine we kind of understand why, but just a a more better right. explanation of why you don't put them in the guide. Well, I don't put them in the guide because they've they've proven zero consistency in the NFL. Um, but what I do write up and I have calculated is in the guide. There's an, an article and it's on the website, Big Guy Fantasy Sports website as well. And it's called Rookies versus Consistency. And I've gotten this question forever, Bob. Why don't you put rookies in? You know, what about rookies? You know, why can't you pick? You know, how you know how do you know if a rookie is going to be consistent or not? So I basically just I'll drop the data on you real quick. 
Since 2010, 385 quarterback, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends have been drafted in only the first four rounds. I'm just doing the first four rounds because that's usually where most of the talent is. In those uh, nine years, in out of those 385 players, only 32 total have earned a 60% clutch rating or consistency rating in their rookie season wow. during that time frame. That is 8.31%. So I try to explain to people, so don't look at the shiny toys and just keep moving them up because they're shiny toys. You know, yes, there's been a Zeke. There's been a Le'Veon Bell, Odell Beckham, Barkley. I get it. Last year, there were only two rookies that were over 60% consistent. One was Barkley. The other one was Mayfield, and he barely made it at 64%. Now, a lot of that was because he started off slow. He was getting used to the system. Second half of the year, he was 75% consistent. So, therefore, you know, he was certainly, but overall, for the whole season, that was the only two players out of every rookie last year that got drafted that made it over 60%. So when you look at going into the, this season and you see the David Montgomery's move flying up the charts and the, and the Miles Sanders and all these guys and all these receivers, you have to look at this article and say, ah, don't get too excited because you may not get the consistency you want. I mean, Calvin Ridley had some great games last year. Wasn't He was only 50% consistent. Um, in those games that he was great, he was great, but then he'd have four or five duds and that's not going to win you fantasy games. Yeah. I was really surprised when I was looking at that to see, you know, tight ends are virtually non-existent. Oh, exactly. And we got three of them this year that, you know, everybody is moving up the charts and they're going to be all in the top 12 here and it, in the ADPs before the end of summer. And I'm like, whoa, calm down folks. You know, Kelsey never made it. Ertz wasn't over. Graham wasn't over. Gronkowski wasn't over 60% in their, in their rookie season. So calm down, folks. It's just, <laughs> just be, be a little cautious. Don't get too nuts on that. Yeah, it definitely, you know, the, the conventional wisdom says tight ends don't produce early. They need two, usually three years. Running backs are where you want to spend your capital when it comes right. to rookies because they can produce. And your numbers right. bear that out. 15% yep. of what well, um, percent uh of the running backs uh are the ones that uh have been over 60 percent right yep right. and so and, you know three percent of tight end so it was really right. it was very is i guess cool to see that conventional wisdom supported right right with that actual hard data yeah yeah, and I tell people, I said, I'm not telling you not to draft rookies. I'm just showing you what the numbers show. If you want to draft them, that's your choice. I hope you do, and I hope you're in my leagues because I'm probably not going to draft many of them. <laughs> so what you're telling me is my my general strategy of trading away proven players for rookies is a bad idea. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for them. Eh, Dynasty League, it might be a little different, but in a regular redraft league, yeah, probably not. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I'm just messing with you. I don't. Uh, I rarely draft uh, rookies in uh, redraft league, just based on, in all honesty, and what everything you're talking about right there. I'd rather take the proven player. Dynasty, I'm a, I'm a little bit more stupid when it comes to that. I like to do stupid stuff and, and see if it works <laughs> out for me. So, so moving on to the quarterbacks here, we're going to start off right with. I mean, in, in my opinion, the best quarterback in the league. And no, we're not talking about Patrick Mahomes. As a Baker fan <laughs> and a Browns fan, with the guy, you have him ranked as six at six right now. What are the chances right. you think he makes it into the top five? I mean, I think the chances are very good. As I mentioned before, the second half of the season, he was 75% consistent. That would have put him second overall, tied with Andrew Luck uh, at 75%. So it's certainly possible. I mean, the quarterback's consistency over the past couple of years has really waned quite a bit. Um, it's very difficult to find a guy like a Patrick Mahomes to jump out like that. Uh, so, yeah, I think Mayfield certainly has the ability. I've seen his ADP get up as high as QB2. It's now back to a QB4, but and in the fifth round. I'm okay with that spot. Uh, before, I was seeing him getting closer and closer to Mahomes, and I don't know if it just it was right after the Odell Beckham trade or what. People were going a little bit crazy there. Um, you know, this is going to be a well-balanced team. I mean, they still have Nick Chubb. They still have a lot of good players. So, you know, and the defense has gotten better, too. So I'm a little worried that he won't have to throw as much uh, as he did last year. So, you know, that's another thing to think about is while he's got all the talent and the weapons around him, 
you know, if that defense uh, plays as well as I think it's going to, and especially in a division where the offenses aren't that great with Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and Cincinnati, uh, there's six games there. You know, he may not be putting up a ton of points every week. It's kind of like the Drew Brees effect I've seen over the last couple of years in New Orleans. Good running back, decent, you know, good running game, decent defense. Brees doesn't have to throw the ball as much, so now he's not the, the fantasy stud we used to have because the Saints' defense used to be terrible. Yeah, I feel that one. As somebody who owned, who who's had Breeze in a couple leagues, so yeah. Now I'm at the point where there's, I, I don't even think I'll be able to trade him. It's we're just that far at the end of the career, and he's not producing. If I get rid of him, it'll be as a throw-in. Or you hope he has a couple quick big games at the beginning of the year, and you trade him off and get get something else yeah. for him when he's when his when his value is pretty high. Now on, on that same. I also have Carson Wentz. So, where do you come in with Wentz? Is 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 the jury still out because of the injuries, or you know, injuries are injuries. It's it's hard to fight those. I mean, uh, I I I don't look at him and say, "Wow, this guy's got an injury problem." I I think first off, I I don't think he should have came back as quickly as he did last year. I think that was the problem. If they would have gave him like half the season to get back and take his time, I think he would have done better off. Um, you know, when he's on the field, though, he's 70 to 75% consistent the past two seasons. I mean, that's top five. And this guy's ADP, you know, right now is somewhere like quarterback nine, pick 88. Um, so very good value. And then when you look also in the guy this year, I came up with a new concept with consistency called constreaming. So basically, consistently, consistently, uh, consistency streaming. So taking the consistency of the players based on their home away splits and that kind of stuff and getting two good quarterbacks late, like a Wentz and Ryan or Roethlisberger or Winston or somebody and get them in the eighth through 10th rounds and, and then just load up on running backs, wide receivers and tight ends till you get to that point. Um, I think Wentz is a perfect scenario for that. And like I said, right now, you know, he's up there at 802 is his ADP. I think it's a beautiful place to take Wentz at this point. Yeah, I'm, I'm just generally pleased with the makeup of that team. I need to go find me a stud wide receiver. I'm, I'm weak there, but I've got some decent, decent depth. So that's good. I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curveball here. On uh, There's a quarterback that um, a lot of people talk about, especially with him going to a new team last year in Kirk Cousins. That a lot of people were high on. He had been really good the past couple years in Washington. If I remember correctly, he was finishing in the top five for fantasy points. Uh, the past, Those two couple years, he goes to Minnesota and really kind of struggles. Some people say he's learning the new offense, the injuries to Dalvin Cook. We saw Stephon Diggs struggle with injuries that time. What are your thoughts on Kirk Cousins, and what does your consistency guy say, guide say about him? Well, the sad part was I was all I was all about Kirk Cousins last year uh, because of his consistency in Minnesota, or I'm sorry, in Washington. Uh, he was a great pick every year. I, I think I had him those two years in Washington, and you know I was getting him in the mid to late rounds, and he was doing great for me. So I thought, man, this guy's going to Minnesota with much better weapons. But something weird happened in Minnesota, and I'm still – I've talked to people who follow the Vikings and are you know, big fans of them, and I'm like, what the hell happened? Because I said, here's a guy that, you know, at the end of the year, again, ranked ninth in total points. In fact, he's, he had one more fantasy point last year than he did in 2017. But the problem was is his consistency has dropped from 70% down to 44%. He was 23rd at quarterback consistency wise that means he's barely even a backup at this point um you know the the offensive line got a little bit better so i think they'll run the ball just if, probably more if dalvin cook can stay healthy um I, I think that i don't think anything changes much i think he might still be a top 10 guy but still have poor consistency and i, I really don't want anything to do with him this year okay fair enough all right so another guy that has been widely touted for when he's on the field is Jimmy GQ. Um, your consistency <laughs> guide in some aspects has him ranked low, but you have him in your top 12. So what puts him in the top 12 for you? Well, basically because one, I think he has the talent to be consistent. He did have that short little blip 
where he played in 2017, where he played six games. He was four out of six, 67%. Um, you know, that would have ranked him eighth if he would have, you know, finished the whole year at that same spot. Um, I, you know, they definitely added more weapons to the team this year, especially a wide receiver. They have George Kittle, who certainly has emerged. They have Tevin Coleman. So I think the weapons are around him to make him. Plus, their defense isn't very good, so I have a feeling they're going to be playing from behind a lot. They're playing in a very high-powered division offensively with the Rams and Seattle and those kind of folks. So I think he's going to be throwing a lot, and that's why I have him in my top 12 at this point uh, as a guy who I think, again, kind of going back to the con streaming idea, picking him later in the draft. Uh, right now I think his ADP is like 10.08. So, you know, he's 10th-round guy. So, again, combining him with some of these other guys might be a good way to, you know, be able to use both the consistency of the two quarterbacks and, you know, use the matchups and, and create a 70% consistency quarterback, but you're drafting basically in the 10th round. A couple of the quarterbacks I noticed in your rankings here in Goff and Trubisky, they have better numbers than Winston according to, to the numbers on your guide. But Winston is in the top 10, and both of them aren't. Is that just a personal preference, or why do you have Winston ranked above Goff and Trubisky? Well, Winston didn't play. Only, basically, in total points, yes, Trubisky was ahead, and so was Goff because of the fact that you know Winston had that um, suspension that he missed some games. I think he also had an injury or two to put him out a couple games as well. But the reason I have Winston in the top 10 or top 12, uh, and I don't the other two guys, is again, comes down to what the whole guide's about is consistency. Last couple of years, Winston has been, you know, 65 to 70 percent consistent over the last two seasons, even though they've been limited, you know, hasn't played a whole season. Uh, Trubisky last year was only 43 percent. Goff was only 56 percent, even though he was sixth in total points. So, again, Winston's one of those great values because his ADP has got him somewhere in the 10th, 12th round. He's way out there. You know, nobody's really has, and and they brought in Bruce Arians. So now you've got a better coach to help him along the way. Uh, I think they'll be throwing a lot. Again, Tampa Bay's defense isn't very strong. Um, you know, they're playing against New, you know, New Orleans and Atlanta, and they're playing against a lot of good, high-powered offenses. So, again, I see Winston as a potential for another 65 70% consistency, and, and at his ADP, it's kind of hard to pass him up. What did you say his ADP was again? Um, well, I guess, I guess I'm looking at here. It's 906. Okay. I, I, I said higher than that, but it's, yeah, 906. Okay, so it's not that bad. Yeah, that is, that's actually pretty good. I mean, I think out of those, out of the three we talked about, again, throwing you another little curveball right here. So Dennis had brought up Carson Wentz, who I agree with you, and I know Dennis as well, that we're both, all three of us seem to be very high on him. So if you had a, cho- a choice out of those three to draft this year, him, Jimmy G, or Jameis Winston, who would you shoot for? I'd probably take Wentz just because of where he's at. Eighth round is a good spot. Um you know, what I would probably do is draft Wentz in eight mm-hmm. and then come back and draft either Winston in nine or Garoppolo in 10. Because again, that's kind of my consistently streaming idea this year that I'm going to try to use a lot and, and not just get a Carson Wentz and then wait to round 15 and get like Joe Flacco. I want to have two guys that I can maybe intertwine and stream this year because I just, the consistency of quarterbacks has just been so poor. Um, unless you have some of the big boys that are going in the you know round five and sooner, that um, I think this is the best way to attack the quarterback position this year and tight end as well because I have an article on that as well and we'll get to that later. Looking at your tier four, who, who's one guy if you had uh, you know and a lot of there are a lot of players who are like I'm going to wait I, I'm just going to wait I'm going to wait I'm going to take quarterbacks late I'm going to take them in the 12th, 13th, 15th round. In your tier four, Josh Allen, Murray, Trubisky, Stafford, Prescott, Foles, and Carr, who's one of those guys that you think could move into, let's say, that could find the consistency and hit, say, top eight, top ten? I'm going to go with Josh Allen just because of his legs. Um, last year, the last six games of the year, he was five for six in clutch games, uh, and now you've added some more weapons to him. You've got a, a, a fresh new running back. Uh, there in the draft. So I think there's enough weapons around him to uh, allow him to do a little bit more than even he did last year. But just based on those last six games, um, I definitely will be drafting. I've drafted Josh Allen in best ball leagues as like my QB three quite a bit, uh, just as a guy that I feel like, you know what? I think he's going to put up a lot of numbers. 
and, and, you know, it may be garbage time numbers, but it doesn't matter in fantasy, and I like him a lot as a Tier 4 guy. Blake Bortles won me a league with his garbage time a couple exactly. of years ago. I could do it. <laughs> yeah, um, I really actually like that strategy that you're talking about with the consistency streaming thing for quarterbacks because I'm, I'm the same way. I, I've always done in the past of taking a guy somewhere between the 6 to 9 round and then waiting till right before you take your kicker defense in a redraft right. league of taking that other quarterback that you know you're probably only going to use for a week and then – for, for the bye week, and then when stuff happens or the quarterback's not playing that well, and then you're forced to try and pick up all, pretty much the trash heap of the quarterback's left right. in free agency. So that is actually a very interesting strategy. I might have to try that myself this year, especially since I know I'm probably not getting Baker Mayfield because as, as much as I <laughs> love him and would love to take him in the redraft leagues I'm in, I, I he's going to go way before I want to take him. I, like you were right, saying with yeah. the ADPs, I, there's just no way I can reach for him that high. and that's, It's going to hurt me to watch it happen, but I think – It'd be smarter to do exactly what you're saying and possibly double up between that six to ten, eleven rounds uh, with two, you know, good quarterbacks and just stream them based on who they're playing. Right, right. And the other thing too, if you look at the profiles that are in the guide, you know, each player has what's called game historical consistency game scenarios. So it shows how consistent they are at home, away against a top ten defense, a bottom ten defense. So that's also you can use that that the, that information to do the streaming part. So if you're looking at your quarterbacks coming up and you're like, okay, I've got, you know, let's say it's Wentz and, and Winston or Wentz and Allen, and you can look and go, wow, last year, you know, over the last couple of years, man, you know, he's playing at home against a bad defense man he just eats him up he's 100 percent consistent i'm putting that guy in this week you know maybe the next week it's the other guy so that's what you can look at and use that tool in there to to for that information in the guide as well so it actually could be used during the season yeah absolutely that was a uh, one of the things i was going to bring up uh, when we start promoting you know when it's available and, and all that stuff that mm-hmm. that was one of the coolest things i loved about that guy like i've been going back and looking at it multiple times different quarterbacks and wide receivers running backs that i like and looking at the different profiles on there like the way you put that together is is awesome in my opinion I, it's my favorite part thanks. of the entire thing in there thanks appreciate it so the real question then bob is how how what percentage do we have to give to you when we win <laughs> You don't have to give me. All I want you to do is send me an email or put it on Twitter to say, Bob, thank you so much. That 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 makes my year. If I get only one of those, I'd be happy. I don't want to get a lot more. But I, get, I, I just love getting those. Bob, thank you. Look, here's my trophy or... You know, here's my, I, I just won $500 in my league because of your guide. And, and that's what makes it all worth it. I mean, yeah, I like to make a little money selling it, but that's what makes it worth is when somebody says, you know what? I used to be terrible at this or I used to never make the playoffs. And man, I applied your consistency profiles and your, and your information this year. And man, I nailed it. He goes, and, and those are the, those are the things that make it for me. I, it, it, it really is the coolest. Uh, nobody has to give me a percent at all. That, that that's what I'm selling the book for, but right. I, I always love when I get those. Yeah. I got a couple of those uh, messages last year. It was kind of neat. Yeah. That's Showed funny. them to my wife. I was like, Oh, look, <laughs> Look, see, I am smart. So Barkley is, you know, when he came out, everybody sort of looked at he's going to step up and lead the way. I think the consensus uh, amongst fantasy players was that Zeke would do the same thing when he came out. I don't know if that was necessarily the same uh, feeling with Christian McCaffrey, but they both out. They both scored Zeke, um, but is is Zeke higher in your rankings because he's got a little longer track record? Um, it's a little bit of that, but it, here's what it comes down to, and it's in and it's actually written out this way in the profile itself, and it says those last eight games last year after Amari Cooper came to the team, Zeke averaged twenty five point three five fantasy points a game. It was one hundred percent consistent. During that time frame, and that beats Barkley, that beats McCaffrey during that same time frame. That team will be back. Cooper's going to be there. They actually have added, you know, some more weapons there that, you know, they still got the still same great offensive line. But the fact that they included Zeke more in the passing game moved him to number one in my mind. And the fact that Barkley now, you know, no Odell Beckham, 
I think teams are going to focus more on stopping him. The passing game is not as scary. Uh, I'm not saying Barkley's going to drop much, but I think Zeke moved ahead for those two reasons. Uh, you, you can imagine how Matt and I feel about Zeke Elliott being the Ohio State homers <laughs> that we are. Yeah, Iowa State homers and in, te- and in Texas. That's great. Oh, well, I hate the Cowboys, so that, I don't. That oh, okay. To mind. <laughs> Man, uh, you know, it's, it's funny because uh, all of my – I mean, I've lived here, as we talked about on Twitter, uh, pretty much my entire adult life. Even though I still right. claim Cleveland is my hometown, I have lived here longer. And so all of my friends and everything are Cowboys fans and everything, and they're just I, – I cannot stand Cowboys fans. <laughs> like, they think they're – God's gift of football and everything. It's ridiculous. It, it drives me crazy. Um, but no, speaking of Zeke, real quick, I would love to get a – I feel like I overpaid for him. The year he came out, I wanted him so badly that I ended up making a trade to get – obviously, I thought he'd go 1-1. I know back in the day there's a little bit of revisionist history. A lot of people like to talk about how everybody knew Zeke was going to be the thing, even though I remember a lot of people talking about Derrick Henry possibly being the 1-1 mm-hmm. in rookie drafts. And I wanted Zeke, and I had the I traded to get the one two, and then I ended up trading the one two, the one ten, because I finished third. And then my mm. twenty, what what would that have been? Twenty seventeen, my twenty seventeen first, all to move up one pick just to get Zeke. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's how crazy I was about Zeke. That is, but probably well worth it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, He's over ninety percent consistent every year, so it's it's hard to hard to argue with that. I agree. It's going to be really interesting to see what the what the Cowboys do with them. Because again, me being here in Texas, I get to I hear a lot of the Cowboys news and everything. It just seems like they might not end up paying him, which would be interesting to see if they end up just letting him Ooh. walk after his rookie or his uh, rookie contracts up and seeing if he goes somewhere else. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah, he might get a Todd Gurley amount. Uh, I like, would hope. I would. I mean, I think he's better than Todd Gurley. Maybe more. That's oh, yeah, I, to say, but to some people, it is. At well, least. especially right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, so this is where things are about to get uncomfortable on the podcast. Uh, I was looking at your your sheet, obviously, when we were getting ready for the show, and two of my favorite running backs in the entire league, not just in the world, really, are in your Tier 4, and that's Sir Nicholas Chubb and my guy, Philip Lindsay. I mean, we are practically best friends. Okay, name your favorite dinosaur. Velociraptor. All right. If you were a chick... Who's the one guy you would sleep with? John Samos. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Uh, we, he doesn't know that, but it's going to happen one day. We will be best friends. I promise you that. I need an explanation. I, I need to know why. All right. Well, here's why. Um, remember, though, tier four, though, is basically a running back 2B, I call it, um, okay. which means it's still in the top 24. So it's not like tier four is like, they're like 45th or something like that. So I have Nick Chubb a little bit lower than many for a couple of reasons. One, uh, the fact that, you know, Kareem Hunt's going to be playing half of the games there. We don't know how much that's going to eat into it. Um, so, so that gives him only really eight full games to play without anybody else taking it away. So that cuts into it a little bit. That's why, I mean, if it wasn't for that, he probably would be a top 12 guy. Uh, but the other thing I think too is the fact that there's so many weapons in Cleveland that I don't know. You know, they used Chubb a lot last year because the passing game was not as strong with just basically Landry. Um, so Chubb was used quite a bit. He's very talented. There's no question. My my concern is is that he's going to be. You know, you see though in those 16 games, he was only 50% consistent. Now, granted, yeah, he didn't play much in the early part of the season when Carlos High was there. So that that is part of it. And I know in the second half of the season, he was 75% consistent. So, yes, he has the potential to be higher. Um, I hope I'm wrong, but I still just didn't feel comfortable enough moving up. Now, since the guide actually has been released, and I I will be updating it this weekend, I have moved Chubb up to 16, so he would actually would fall into Tier 3. But um, I, I still I'm still a little hesitant just because of, 
everything else that's there in Cleveland. Um, I think there's guys ahead of him that have a clear path. We'll see the ball more, get a little more touches maybe than Chubb will. Um, you know, we got a new coach. Um, you know, you know, Kitchens is still kind of the you know certainly will be calling plays, uh, but that's why I have him a little bit down than many others. I've seen some people have him in the top twelve. Um, I think that's a little high for a guy that will will only play eight full games with nobody in front of him or nobody with him. Um, we know how much John Dorsey loves Hunt and why he brought him in, so I f- have a feeling that's going to be a, a timeshare when when he comes into play. So we'll have to wait and see. So that's my point, my my opinion on Chubb. Philip uh, Philip Lindsay, um, I, I commend you as the only person that I've yet to have talked to in my life that knew that Philip Lindsay was going to be the guy. Um, so I applaud you for that, and I can understand why there's a man crush. Um, Denver, just as an offense, just with Joe Flacco at quarterback, I know Casey Keenan wasn't much better. Um, you know, Emmanuel Sanders may be 100% healthy, but if not, then you've got, you know, the main wide receivers going to be Sutton and Deshaun Hamilton. Uh, they really don't have, you know, they have a new tight end that's helpful, uh, rookie tight end. But I just feel like that offense could be in, in trouble um, where he may not see as many running attempts. I could see him getting a lot of passing receptions still in a PPR format, be pretty consistent. But as you can see, last year he was 15th, um, you know, in, in total points and consistency or 13th in total points, 15th in consistency. I'm just letting him fall back just a little bit because some of the guys have moved up, like a Freeman and Ingram, and some of those guys have moved into a spot that Lindsey might have had last year. So I'm not down on them by any stretch. I just don't have them ranked as high, as, as and, and I don't have the same man crush, obviously. <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah. No, and, and well, all, go ahead, Dennis. I was just saying, another guy that I'm interested in is you, you – is, you have Love Bell up at six. He's sat out a year. He's with a team uh, with a notorious running back hater head coach. Uh, you know, sometimes things don't. You, it, it's a new offense. The transition doesn't always go as smooth as you would like. But you still have him up at number six. What went? What went into putting him up that high? I, I just I I struggle. I don't know that. Like if I, I was doing. PPR rankings or standard rankings, maybe right. uh, I, I might probably him behind Gurley and Johnson and maybe even Mixon. Right. Well, I think basically it comes down to this. You know, when you go through the top five, they're pretty easy to pick. I mean, obviously Gurley was up there. Gurley is falling because we just don't have a lot of faith in what's going on with him health wise. And nobody seems to want to tell the truth. So that's why I've moved Gurley down below Bell. I mean, Bell is healthy. Bell had a year off. So he should be well-rested. Yeah, he's not playing for the best team uh, by any stretch of the imaginations, but if they're going to pay him that kind of money and not give him the ball, you know, t- 20 to 25 touches a game, then somebody's going to get fired real quick. And so based on volume alone is why I put him up there because then after that you get Connor. Um, who, you know, uh, certainly was very good when he was on the field, but he broke down as, uh, you know, later in the season, David Johnson, it, you know, had a poor season. We expect a rebound, but we don't know because this is a whole new offense, um, with, with, uh, Cliff Kinberry, Mixon, good player, Cincinnati, hard to tell what, you know, what the whole offense there is. I mean, again, new coach, new scenario. Uh, so, Bell just uh, it just seemed to be the best fit right there. I mean, Gurley would certainly be ahead of him normally. Um, then it comes down to whether or not you put Connor or Johnson or Mix in front of him, and I just didn't feel comfortable. I just feel like uh, opportunity alone, touches alone, Bell's going to be somewhere in that spot. How, how did Michelle end up above Dalvin Cook? You know, Michelle's got a fairly low consistency rating, and, and Cook has a pretty high one. <laughs> well, for a couple reasons. One, Sony Michelle during the regular season, you can't, you know, you can't look at the thirty-eight percent consistency and go, "Well, he doesn't belong there." Because if you saw the playoff games in the Super Bowl, you know damn well he belongs there. And if they continue to use him like they did during the playoffs, which I assume they would, since they won a Super Bowl with him in that in that scenario, um, that he's going to get a number of, you know, he's certainly going to be the the workhorse there and. Based on that, that's why I have him up at number 11. Uh, Cook, I 
probably if a cook could guarantee me he could play full 16 games, I probably would put him ahead of Sonny Michel, but I don't know if he can, and he hasn't proved it yet. Yeah, he's great when he's on the field, but he just doesn't seem to have the ability to stay healthy. So, and, and when it comes to running backs, that is so important at this point. Um, you know, I like Cook. I think there's potential there. They they got a new center that's going to help that offensive line. No question about that. But overall, I just right now I have Michelle just ahead of Cook. But things could change. Like you said, you know, I know they got a new running back in the draft, Damian Harris. Uh, but I just feel like he's just a backup to just in case Sony Michelle gets hurt again. Okay, so that's going to bring me to my the, the same question we had with the quarterback. So we're in tier four. Which of these guys have the best chance of finishing, say, in the top eight or ten this year? I think quite a few of them could. I think Chubb could if, if for some reason they don't use Kareem Hunt as expected. Derrick Henry certainly proved over the last five games last year that if they give him the ball enough, he can certainly be a top ten player. Um you know, after that, even a, a guy like Lindsey, if they need to throw the ball a lot, and he, he's, he's, you know, very good in the passing game and stays healthy. Again, he broke it. You know, he broke his wrist or hurt his wrist. So, you know, he's he's got potential there. Um, if Aaron, if they can let Aaron Jones be the main running back in Green Bay and not keep intermixing that, so I think a lot of these guys could easily move up. Even Lamar Miller is a, a pretty solid running back and is very consistent. Leonard Fournette would ever get his head out of his ass. He could be easily a top 10 quarter or a running back, but that seems to be a, a problem with him. So, <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of these guys have potential. It's it's just, you know, it, it, I think tier four to me is just all about the risk. You know, can we can we risk take them any higher? And if I can get them there, I feel much better as my late RB2 than my, you know, higher RB2 or late RB1. Yeah, and in the I guess the consistency model is all about eliminating risk, right? Right, right. That's I don't know. I maybe maybe it goes back to my days playing in a band, but man, sometimes I like a little risk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, risk can certainly pay off. Uh, there's no question about it. But uh, you know, it's just still one of those tough things for me to go. You know, and again, it's the value in the draft. You know, I, I, I'll take Aaron Jones or I'll even take Drake or Lamar Miller if I get him late enough as my RB2. If I've got a run, you know, wide receiver, I think I did a draft where my I just went wide receiver the first three. And I think I got Devontae Adams, Julio Jones. No, wait a minute. Julio Jones, Odell Beckham, and Julian Edelman wow. in my first three rounds. And then drafted like, uh, Miller and Lindsay or Miller and Drake or somebody like that. Um, and I was perfectly fine with that because I'm like, I've got three of the top 10 wide receivers. And if these guys do anything, even 60, 65% consistency wise, I'm, I'm in good shape. One of the tier four guys I have a question on, um, I'd love to hear your opinion on, on Kenyon Drake. Cause I feel like at times he shows that he can be consistent. I think some of it is he just didn't get used enough by Adam Gase in the way that he ran his offense. What, what do your numbers show for Kenyon Drake? Oh yeah. Well, as you see, Kenyon Drake was 56% consistent with a complete idiot at, at head coach <laughs> last year in Adam Gase. Gosh, I was so frustrated because I was all in on the Drake yeah. coming into this year. Uh, I was picking him as my RB2 in just about every league I had. And, and the, that was the sad part is, like, every time he got the ball, he would make things happen. Um, you know, he's 14th in total points. 14th in total points, and yet he still had to share with Frank Gore and Balazs. And, and I'm like, good God, Adam, do you really even know what you've got, this guy? I mean, and every time you see a highlight, it'd be Drake. You know, Drake was the one that had the miracle touchdown. It ran at 50 yards with the with the ball. Uh, I think if, you know, now with hopefully a, a, a better coaching scenario there, that if they give Drake 15, 20 touches a game, I think he'll be easily be uh, a, a very good RB2, which, again, he was RB2 in both total points and consistency last year with poor coaching. So even if he matches those numbers, it would be fine if you get him as a late RB2 because, you know, his uh, his ADP rate now is, let's see where we got, they got him at, 27th, no, 26th in the fifth round. 
So if I can get him as my RB3 and even get those numbers, I've got great value out of him. So, yeah, he's definitely a guy I like this year again. So one of the one of the things I've noticed in your guide that uh, I'm also really intrigued by is the the split that you have on there between standard leagues and PPR leagues. I feel like this kind of will go back to some of the stuff we were talking about earlier with the touchdown dependent. But do you find that RBs get a better increase for the most part in standard leagues or PPR leagues? Well, they definitely get the increase in the PPR leagues um, overall because if you look at the article, which is actually written by one of our writers, Josh Brickner, and he does a great job of breaking it down, um, you know, he shows that most of the stars pretty much stay in line consistency-wise, whether it's PPR or not PPR. Uh, the great thing is that, you know, um, when you draft those kind of guys, you know, as it shows in the article, last year of the 103 running backs evaluated, 55% saw zero change in their clutch rating, whether it was PPR or not PPR. Um, the impact uh, on 29 of the running backs saw a negative regression, uh, and while 17 of them actually saw an increase. So it's actually, you know, it actually drops down a little bit, but I think it's even worse if you look at the wide receivers um, in that scenario as well. So, you know, I, I've never been a, a standard league guy. I, I really don't like it because I think it's boring. But, you know, that's just my opinion. Right. Well, you're going to hate my new show. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I, I don't have a – I guess I won't be a guest guest host, <laughs> guest spot anytime soon <laughs> on that one. I'll have Josh on. He can talk about the difference between standard and PPR. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, Josh will do it. Yeah, Josh would love it. Bob, seriously, thank you so much for joining us and, and thank you. dropping yeah. all this knowledge on us. We we really do appreciate it. It's always nice to have someone else on here to talk intelligently with Dennis uh, and, and giving the listeners a lot of good knowledge because I usually steer them the, or I show them the way they shouldn't go. So it's always nice to have another person on here who, who can help them out. Um, Give us everything that you can tell us about this guide, where we can find it, how much it is. I know you've got a special that you want to talk about. Just lay it all on us so that we can get our listeners out there and start buying this thing. Definitely. So there's multiple ways to get this. If you're a printed copy kind of person, you got to have the book in your hand. Translate uh, you, uh, old. Yeah, you're old. Well, there must be a lot of old people that bought my book last year because of the 2,000 yeah. I sold, 1,800 of them bought them. As a printed version and not as a PDF or an ebook, so Sweet. Uh, so yeah, I think people still like that printed copy, so it's just fine. Go to Amazon, just search on 2019 Consistency Guide, Fantasy Football Consistency Guide. Trust me, it's the only one that's going to pop up, um, and it's there. Uh, you can get that, uh, it, and it's Prime shipping. If you have the Prime, you can get it in two days, so you're in in good shape. Uh, the great thing is I update this all season long. So if you want an update during the season, just email me, let me know. Uh, if not, you can, with the guide, has a code in it that you can upgrade to the VIP access. Uh, it's only $10 for the whole year. You get all the articles, the consistency report tool, uh, everything on the site the whole year. Basically, you're still only spending 20 bucks. If you come to the site, you can buy the VIP for 20 bucks, and you just get the PDF and that. So I always tell people, if you want the printed, you want the best of both worlds, buy the printed, use the, use the code for the VIP upgrade, and you're going to still spend 20 bucks, and, and you've got both, both the best of both worlds. You get all the updates and everything. Uh, the site is BigGuyFantasySports.com. You can go there. Uh, again, you, know, you have access to that. Uh, if you use the coupon code BigGuy20, you can get 20% off the VIP or the guide there. So that saves you 4 bucks off the guide. I'm sorry, 4 bucks off the VIP, 2 bucks off the guide. Saves you a little bit there as well. And, uh, guys, thank you again for having me. It was an honor to be a part of this. And, you know, I thought it was some great questions. You, you, helped, me, you helped me pull out some of my favorite, uh, why are these guys so far down in the ADP versus other guys? So uh, I think that, that allowed me to, to drop some good knowledge that uh, I'm, I'm happy to share and uh, look forward to maybe coming back on sometime this summer. And uh, we'll see what things have changed and uh, what other ideas we can talk about. Awesome. We appreciate you, Bob. Yeah, absolutely. I would. Uh, I'd love to try and get you, uh, if possible, back on right around maybe the start before all redrafts really start getting kicked off and bring on see what's changed for you and, and different stuff and even more knowledge that you can drop on all the fans because we would really appreciate it. You got it, man. Anytime, guys. Right on. All right. Well, seriously, thank you again, Bob, so much for joining us. Dennis, as always, let us know where we can find you on Twitter. You can find me at culture underscore coach. Uh, Love to interact. DM me if you got some questions. 
uh, post my articles there. And, uh, you know, I write for DynastyNerds.com, uh, co-host this illustrious podcast with you. And uh, coming up probably in the next uh, week or two, I'll be starting to do the standard rankings for DynastyNerds.com in the Nerd Herd. So if you've uh, jumped out ahead of the game and you've subscribed, uh, that'll be one of the options. They're going to have Superflex, Tight End Premium, Dynasty Rankings, Redraft Rankings, Rookie Rankings, Standard Rankings, IDP Rankings. If you can rank it, it's going to be there on Dynasty Nerds in the Nerd Herd. Uh, so uh, I'll be doing the uh, standard rankings, and uh, along with that, I'm going to be putting together a show based on the standard rankings, and so I'll be looking forward to rolling that out as well. All right, we'll have to get Josh on your show and have him talk <laughs> about uh, standard league consistency. That'll be that, good. I did forget to say, do. you can find me on Twitter at Bob underscore long. I was just about to ask to make sure, because everybody follow him <laughs> like I did, I did yesterday. Don't don't wait as long as I did, because I'm, I'm bad about that. If you're following me and Dennis, you need to be following Bob, that's for sure, because he'll drop better knowledge than me. I think him and Dennis are probably right there together, but definitely, <laughs> if you're following me, follow those two, because they're the better follows for sure. All right, guys, so that wraps up part one of our interview here with Mr. Bob Lung. We, again, really appreciate him coming on. Reminder, the first way to get into the Listener League, as we touched, or I touched on in the intro, buy the guide, send Dennis or myself a DM on Twitter showing a receipt of the guide, and you guys will be entered with for a chance to win. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You know, if you guys find yourselves a free minute here and there, me and Dennis would obviously really appreciate it. And uh, we will have part two where we focus on the wide receivers and tight ends coming up here very soon. Thank you guys for listening. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your pop on there. Do you got your pop on I came out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly!